0: Thank you for joining us for this Argus podcast on Marine Fuels. Our guest today is Michael Schapp, who is the Commercial Director Marine at Titan LNG BV. He's responsible for the development of marine and bunkering proposition for Titan LNG. He's got a very long CV in the marine fuel industry, where he's been involved on the commercial and trading activities in the past for physical suppliers, such as Shell, Marine Products and Argos Bonkering. Michael, thank you very much for joining
1: us today. Thank um, you very much for, uh, for the invitation, Nick. It's a pleasure.
0: Um, listen, we we cannot not talk about the impact of COVID-19 outbreak. We're still in the midst of uh, of it, uh, at least uh, here in Europe, where we're uh, taping this podcast. Um, How has the small-scale LNG market reacted to the COVID-19 outbreak? And by that, I mean, it's quite a diverse sector. You've got, um, you know, customers, including passenger cars using uh, CNG. So, I believe it's compressed natural gas. You've got uh, off-grid industrial customers and ships of different kind that, uh, you know, use LNG as marine fuels that you supply to. So, do you see any structural shift in small-scale LNG demand due to the COVID-19 outbreak?
1: Well, that's uh, that's quite a quite a big question. On it. So let's uh, <laughs> digging in uh, immediately. Um, yeah, the uh, the answer is that um, whether it's structural, that remains to be seen. We do uh, see quite a bit uh, uh, change in uh, in demand. Um, and that has to do with, uh, with the fact that uh, some of the uh, anticipated LNG-powered vessels are delivered later because of uh, interruptions on the shipyard, but also we see a shift in demand profile. Um, for example, if you are a car carrier, um, there's not so many cars to carry at, uh, at the moment. Right. Um, also, what we see is that the refinery runs are uh, different at this point in time, uh, uh, all the blending uh, uh, feedstocks are heading in towards a different direction, um, so that's uh, that that has quite an quite an impact on the normal demand pattern of certain uh, certain vessels, and obviously uh, cruise is uh, is affected severely as well. With most of the vessels idling, um, the cruise, cruise is ships one of the- <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So uh, and they, these are quite prominent sectors who are looking into uh, into LNG as a marine fuel. Um, so yeah, there, there's an impact on the on the total demand, but uh, the question is of course if it's going to be structural. Um, I don't think so. In the in the long run, will be uh, will be okay. We did see um, some some decline in, in volumes on on the throughput side of uh, of Titan LNG. Mm. I have to be honest about that, but it's. Um, it's, it has actually picked up again, um, especially also on the uh, on the land side, where we do quite a bit of activity. Uh, uh, that has picked up. Um, it's not entirely up to uh, what it used to be, but uh, we're almost uh, maybe 10% less than than what we saw uh, in the um, prior to COVID. Okay. Um, so, so
0: it's it's you, you, you can say it's V shape uh, recovery for for your sector. You you would qualify that as a V shape uh, at this point, or, or U shape yeah. at least. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. So that's okay. uh, which is pretty uh, pretty good. And what we uh, what we see is that um, whether it's on the shore side uh, demand or on the on the marine side there's uh not necessarily an urgency but if there's uh vessels that you can uh, choose from which one to operate um it may be actually be a good one to uh, to uh to prioritize the vessels that are running on LNG because they are safer and um it's most of the time much more economical to uh, to continue uh, running them so actually uh, the LNG fleet may actually end up having an advantage uh, versus older the tonnage.
0: Hmm. interesting yeah um, in uh, you've got that uh, the Flex fueler too, uh, I believe, and it's it's uh, when is it uh, due to uh, come online?
1: It's uh, we're almost ready, so it's uh, it's a matter of weeks. Uh, okay. We're doing the final uh, final outfitting at the uh, at the shipyard. Luckily, we uh, we chose to uh, to build uh, the vessel close by, so mm-hmm. the the build was built in Eastern Europe. And the final outfitting is done in uh, in the Netherlands in a, uh, a municipality close to uh, to, to Rotterdam mm-hmm. so uh, the impact of Covid is not uh, not that severe um, so we're a little bit behind but uh, but nothing uh, dramatic and with uh, uh, with a small change in demand um, it, it's not the uh, the worst for us at this point in time we can still uh, manage with uh, with Flexula 1 as well. So okay. she may be, uh, uh, not so busy, but, uh, I will be, uh, very happy once, uh, Flexible number two comes online as well.
0: Okay. It gives a bit of, uh, operational flexibility to better serve your customers, I guess. Right.
1: Exactly. exactly.
0: Good. Uh, listen, uh, the, the, uh, I want to ask you about the LNG bunkering market and how it's uh, developing in, in Northwest Europe and abroad, if you have a view on international markets as well, going forward, um, the, the angle from from this this question is up until now it seems like there's been a limited number of suppliers of LNG uh, as marine fuels you know that high barrier to entry so to speak but uh, lately uh, several others are expected to enter this market in the in the coming months do you see scope for increasing competition and what is Titan LNG advantage in this? How are they gonna, how are you guys gonna differentiate, I guess, yourself fr- from the others uh, going forward?
1: Um, yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, of course, there's uh, there's a lot of interest in this uh, in this market. Uh, everybody can see that it's growing. It's growing fast as well This uh, LNG is much more regarded. As a uh, as as the fuel of the of the future, so with that comes attention um, from uh, from multiple uh, potential competitors. As, uh, Total is going to start very soon. Uh, one of the powerhouses, of course, in the uh, conventional uh, industry as well. So uh, we'll uh, we'll see how they uh, how they do. Obviously, they have a very interesting uh, launching customer, um, which uh, which will uh, demo- uh, use a lot of LNG meaning that this market will uh, will further uh, further increase in terms of uh, throughput that also uh, in effect means that more supply points are being developed where uh, we're looking into that as well um, as uh, not only as tight in lng but also speaking to various partners where we can uh, where we can add value for certain of our customers so the idea is that we have our physical uh, supply operation already in Anara, ara which is going to be expanded with the uh, uh, launch of Fueler number 2 with the Flexfuelers, we uh, we have a, a stepping stone for smaller demands so for a different kind of uh, audience smaller tankers dredgers uh, cargo carriers etc so the smaller volumes is is what we what we aim for um, and that has to do with the operational capabilities of the of the Flexfueler um and that's uh, that's going quite well. Um, we have uh, quite a number of uh, operations under the belt uh, already uh, big and small and so it's uh, from the learnings that we uh, that we have done with the, with the flexular um, catering to uh, to the smaller customers, uh, we have learned to um, to make sure that the operational profile is uh, is robust enough and with these learnings we also help other customers who are trading. Not worldwide, even to uh, to prepare them for uh, the future of of LNG in terms of operational excellence, but also uh, it's more like a trading model. Right? so uh, mm-hmm. so where we add value to our customers by looking into the compatibility uh, sometimes they, f- they think that's uh, it's difficult um, and we can help them with them, but also have a look at the sourcing. Uh, is it the right quality, is it the right pricing at this at a region? which is potentially underdeveloped. So we, we really add value uh, to that. But also in certain uh, uh, cases, we may help a potential supplier to, uh, to have this uh, more robust operational uh, envelope to uh, accommodate these, uh, these well, also sometimes new customers. So there's, mm-hmm. um, there's value uh, which we can add there.
0: So it's essentially you're saying through your in, in Ara with your Flex fueler you're a physical supplier you've got that physical expertise with assets but you you also leverage that knowledge in a I guess operation expert in it could be in other location outside the flex fuel don't have physical assets but you you will uh, uh, advise right potential uh, LNG receiving ships right as bunkers right and and advice on the whole supply chain is right? right you've done it
1: yes that's okay. uh, that's correct so either um we actually canvas into the into the uh, location where a um LNG fueled vessel is coming mm-hmm. where they would like to have bunkers we'll look into what what kind of infrastructure is there available and then we help um the customer to uh to determine the best location for the for the bunkering and if there's uh nothing available uh, we have ended up chartering vessels as well to accommodate certain deliveries. And so the, for the big crane vessel that we have delivered to the Sleipnir, we've actually sailed across the globe to uh, uh, to follow that vessel, chartering a vessel and uh, making a delivery promise, which was robust enough. Where for was the that vessel. delivery
0: taking place? Sorry.
1: Um, we have delivered in offshore Sumatra, uh, okay. Cabo Verde, uh, Gibraltar, um, and in Rotterdam as well. Well, so that's okay. uh that's yep. uh, that was quite something but also we charted recently the uh a vessel of one of our in between brackets competitors where we went to uh to enden to uh, to deliver to a large car carrier which is calling there frequently um and did uh and did the delivery to a dressing vessel as well so uh, we'll yes. just we're just a solution provider and we'll uh we'll evaluate what is out there and to uh, make sure that it remains competitive as well in terms of pricing.
0: Great. Thank, thank you for the insights in your in your business model. Um, now I'm going to switch gear a bit, and um, we we have to address uh, the IMO 2030 and, and 2050. So, um, first of all, you you recently received a EU funding for your bio to bunker project, I believe it's called, right? And which is aimed to expand the bio LNG bunkering supply chain in in Europe. What is Titan LNG's vision of this particular fuel and what share of the LNG bunkering demand could be met by bio LNG in the future and by when? If, if you want to dare telling us all these kind of <laughs> details. It's a bit of a crystal ball, I
1: know, but go ahead. Well, the, um, the idea of the bio-to-bunker was to demonstrate that uh, the uh, bio-LNG is, is viable towards the, the future. And the beauty of, uh, of including bio-LNG into the, into the value stream um, or into the supply chain is that you don't need different infrastructure. So what we uh, what we uh, what we said to the uh, to the European uh, Commission is that hey listen this flex fueler that we already have um, this is quite suitable to include uh, bio LNG as well as you may know there's four tanks in the in the flex fueler so we could gradually allocate tanks towards the physical supply of bio LNG uh, we don't need different kind of infrastructure. But because of bio-LNG is not so mature yet, uh, as, as some of the other alternative fuels are not so mature, um, it's a good stepping stone to, uh, to start with the inclusion of small portions of, of bio-LNG and offering it to our customers in a blended ratio. So we allocate one tank for bio-LNG, put it in physically, and then depending on the budget of the customer, um, start including bio-LNG in, uh, from small percentages up to, well, uh, larger percentages if they want to so anywhere between uh, uh, a, a blend five to blend hundred uh, to a hundred percent bio Lng mm. um, is possible in terms of uh, supply of course the the question now is the availability of uh, of bio Lng we're quite uh, quite aware that it's uh, that it's not not, uh, not available in very large quantities yet. However, we see a lot of uh, smaller projects uh, on the mainland in, uh, in Europe, but also elsewhere, where bio-LNG is either produced or has the uh, potential to be produced. Um, and then you need an, an, an outlet and, uh, and an intermediate storage. And with that, the, uh, the flex fueler is quite, uh, uh, quite a good solution because then you can bring it on the water. So the idea is that we will source bio-LNG from various production sites Across Europe, bring it with trucks to the to the flex fueler, accumulate it in the in the flex fueler, and deliver it uh, alongside to uh, to seagoing vessels um, as per normal uh, normal bunkering. So the um, so the idea of the bio uh, to bunker is that we. Make sure that the supply chain to start accommodating uh, these type of fuels.
0: Do you, do you have a, any uh, timeline in, in hand But uh, you know, providing such bio LNG blend for for your clients, do you? Uh, do, is it one year, two years, three years from now? Or...
1: With the uh, with the flexular the timeline is uh, about two years. That's uh, okay. we're going to build some additional flexuellers on the on the back of this uh, subsidy. Um, So we want to have sufficient bio LNG on the water to have a um, robust delivery promise to uh, to our customers. However, again, at this point in time, uh, the market is not that mature, it's still expensive, but it's just about demonstrating we're ready, future-proofing the uh, long-term viability of uh, of LNG as a a marine fuel by the inclusion uh, to, to demonstrate that it's possible Mm-hmm. Um, also, I would like to add that it's not only bio-LNG uh, that is uh, that will uh, be incorporated into the supply chain. It's also what we call eL-ELG or syn-LNG. Uh, Synthetic. LNG. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that is that is made from different kind of feed sto- feedstocks. Uh, for example, from uh, from hydrogen. Yeah, that's uh, that green so hydrogen, hydrogen. Exactly. It has to be green. Otherwise, uh, <laughs> uh doesn't it doesn't hit uh, the sweet spot. But uh, so that also would, would be quite similar in terms of uh, product quality um, to uh, to include in the in the supply chain as well
0: excellent uh, the EU Parliament recently announced the inclusion of shipping in its uh, emissions trading scheme the ETS scheme January 2022 which released tomorrow when you talk about uh, marine fuels and shipping uh, timeline right um, is this uh, an opportunity or threat for titan lng this inclusion in the ets scheme
1: it's, uh, i think it's an opportunity for the uh, for the entire lng market and so as titan lng of course we're a player but the idea is of course to have to have this market grow because we believe that lng is uh, um, is a good choice for uh, for the future and future compliance with the, uh, with the ETS, um, I think uh, LNG is we- better positioned than other fuels because obviously LNG already uh, reduces the carbon emissions of, uh, of vessels. That also means that the ETS uh, you have to pay will be lower if you have a LNG powered vessel. So I think it's quite beneficial for mm. fast tracking any alternative uh, um, than, co- than uh, conventional fuels.
0: Right, it's already available at scale um, sort of proven technology, so to speak, right? LNG as it is uh, right now. So it, it is a, a, a bridging solution, as people say. Plus, if you tag that uh, bio LNG and synthetic LNG down the line, you have a uh, a, a nice transition into um, the harder 2030, 2050 uh, emissions uh, caps, right? Reduction.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I may add to, yep, sure, may go add ahead. to that. Um, yeah, without being too vocal, but I think a bridging solution is uh, is something I um, I want to voice out against. Um,
0: yes, please. Brit- <laughs> I know it's controversial, <laughs> yeah. and some players don't we yeah. really like that term. Tell, tell me,
1: yeah, no, I, I don't particularly like it because um, it is a pathway, and uh, so uh, by now, using LNG, you are far future proofing your vessel for the inclusion of liquid gases whatever they uh, may be in uh, in future and it's uh, a bridge that the short term LNG is uh, well, readily available and, and here to stay as well and we can phase it out due course when uh, when there's other alternatives and so in that respect i'm a big fan of using it as a bridge or transition uh, fuel um, because it's it's already doing something. And so I don't want to, uh, the message here is that time is moving fast. As you rightfully said uh, just now, it's around uh, 2022 is around the corner. Things move, move slow. And I don't want to, uh, I want to encourage owners to do something right now. And LNG is, is available. So I'm, I'm not so keen on this uh, transition because yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's here now. And the the chicken and egg has been resolved. There is infrastructure. There's more infrastructure than demand at the moment. Prices are uh, continuously attractive, so yeah, I think uh, at this point I would argue that uh, that it's a safe choice to uh, to go for a uh, a vessel that has an engine to burn gas fuels to make sure that you can comply with uh, with future evo- ever evolving regulations.
0: Thanks for clarifying. And lastly, because uh, we I think we've covered uh, actually quite quite a bit here. Um, but uh, is there anything that uh, you want to share with our listeners uh, anything that is uh, you know any scoop or anything else?
1: scoop okay and um, now yeah the, the thing I wanna I would I would like to highlight is the attractiveness of uh, of LNG um, or liquid gas whatever we're gonna call it in the in future the business case is uh, is quite quite positive but also um, it remains. For outsiders, some, some, uh, sometimes a bit difficult um, to, to start crunching the numbers for, for LNG. Um, it's priced in euro per megawatt hour, and how is that converted to uh, to the NGOs and the 380s uh, that, that are very common in this uh, day and age still? Um, we uh, we have taken steps to uh, to demystify. What LNG is about, and to uh, to be accurately uh, compare it, we uh, we will launch something on our website uh, very soon, which is actually like a very simple conversion sheet that demonstrates. Hey, listen, if you uh, use a thousand tons of uh, uh, of MGO, you are actually only you uh, you only require about 815 tons of LNG, um, uh, because of the energy density. uh, So you need to convert it properly so we'll uh, we'll publish something online which is uh, for easy conversions but we'll also start publishing some uh, some LNG prices delivered on board uh, okay. on our website that should be there in uh, within a month's time um, to to make sure that uh, the that potential users of LNG can really see the benefits financially as well because it uh, it's, it's very important to determine the uh, the payback time of your uh, of your vessel you have to be able to see the benefits.
0: right thank you very much Michael for uh, for uh, being so candid uh, with us and and sharing all these um, well wealth of uh, of knowledge uh, with with our listeners thank you
1: my pleasure thank you Nick